Hello, 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 and welcome to the local edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Friday evening, Patricio Robayo. It's Friday, we made it. Thank you for spending your Friday evening with me. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. In the second half of the show, we'll be meeting Scout, one of the Center for Discovery's therapy dogs. But before we delve into that, it's Friday, which signals our visit. We travel all the way to Ellenville and see what the Schwanka Journal is all is uh, covering in their latest issue. We have Chris Rowley on the phone with us now. Chris, welcome back to the program. Um, I see that we spoke earlier about uh, some grants are coming your way. Uh, we have some grants coming to Marbletown. And also, some grants money is coming to Sullivan County. What can you tell us about this? Last week, we had the announcement of funds via the Regional Economic Development Council, uh, councils, or often called the Red Seas, nothing to do with anything aquatic. And what they do, there's a mid-Hudson Red Sea and there's a lower Hudson Red Sea, and the, the state is broken up into sort of dukedoms, as it were, of for the Red Seas, and they funnel applications for grant funding out to about 14 different programs, state programs that, that grant money. And there's a lot of different kinds, Empire State Development, Excelsior Jobs Program, Recreational Trails Program, Environmental Protection Fund Grants Program. <clears throat> there's just a tremendous amount of things. Carbon Neutral Economic Development Program. New York State, it has a lot of programs, but and there's a lot of money for municipalities, counties, villages it's very it is actually pretty important so this week the big a couple of big things that we took note of uh one uh, in ulster county the town of marble town which is centered on stone ridge received it's complicated uh the open space institute had been helping them in the purchase of a parcel of land called osterhoot flat it's about 90 acres beautiful piece of land it's very close to stone ridge and it splits 50 50 between a kind of a relatively flat or gentle sloping hay fields, cornfields, hay fields, whatever, and then higher ground that's covered in trees. It's a forested zone. And it's part of the old Osterhout farm. And the Osterhouts, Claude and Holly, are very conservation-minded, and they've been very eager to see this land preserved. The town had set out to buy it and do that, but now they've received $500,000 from the, was it the Parks, what is good comes from the the, you know, the Office of Parks, Recreation, and Historic Preservation, and that's the one that deals with Open Space Institute a lot. So there's 500,000 from them, which will be used to basically confirm the purchase of that of the Osterhout flat to make sure it happens. Really great news for Marble Town in the sense that Marble Town now has this 90-acre parcel of property, which could be a fabulous park. It's big enough to have trails. And a different landscape, you've got the lower area, which is like a, it is already a habitat for grassland birds. So that, that's, those are critical and then very scarce now. So that, that's one thing. So bird watchers will have that. And then up on the slope, you've got the, the, the higher ground, which is basically a forest and almost anything can happen in those. One example would be Lipman Park in Wawasing, which has bike trails. 
they just narrow the trails for off-road bikers, bicyclists, and, and it, that's a facility that draws people from all over our region uh, to Wawarsing to use those trails. I don't know if Marble Town would go that way, but it's something they could do. So anyway, that was one big one. Another one that we saw that was interesting, there were a couple in for Sullivan County. One was for the Bridgeville Ski Company um, for the Holiday Mountain Ski and Fun Park in Monticello. They got 372000 out of the Market New York program. That's a program that looks to fund things like the Holiday Mountain Ski and Fun Park in the hope that they'll become more successful and generate jobs and all the rest of it. So, oh, and that's going to be to use to put in snowmaking systems, a new chairlift, and improved lighting, and adding three-phase power so then it goes out. And the whole facility will be revitalized. So there's a, a nice uh, market for Monticello. Another one uh, to mention was the, uh, in fact, the Sullivan County Visitors Association will host the Catskill Cuisine, which is a multi-day event that includes a golf tournament, a food festival, and other culinary agricultural events. And that was 115,000. And that also came, I believe, that came out of the the, the Market New York program. So that just gives you an, an, an idea of how broad this is. There's sort of money going here, money going there, constantly trying to ginger it up and, and, and expand opportunities in various parts of New York State. And they're doing this all over the state. The biggie, the, the real biggie in, in, in the mid-Hudson, of course, was for Deer over in Beacon the Deer Art Foundation, and they got 1397000 to turn the... I don't know if you've ever been to Deer Beacon. If you're into modern art, you don't want to miss this. It's fabulous. Yeah, I've been there many times. It's a beautiful museum right by the train station in uh, in Beacon. Yeah, it's got good parking. It's uh, it's a beautiful building. I can't remember what it was. It was some industrial building, but it's which means that it's got a lot of space. It's about the only place you could put Richard Serra's steel art. You can't mount those anywhere because they're 60, 70 feet long and 12 feet high. Yeah, but that particular facility, I think it's one of the largest uh, um, art viewing facilities indoor, anyway, in America. Anyway, so they got $1.397 million and they're going to take the South Lawn and do a public outdoor area, walkable connections, this, that, and the other thing. That would, this is another example of it, of how it all works. Yeah, so anyway, so that was the kind of the, the big story. Of course, out of all that, there wasn't anything for Wawarsing Ellenville, but I checked on the progress of grants there, and the village of Ellenville is just waiting on a federal grant process right now with a potential $6.5 million payoff in funds that would be used for upgrades to the village water and wastewater systems, whether to get all $6.5 million at one go or whether that be measured out in a million here and a million there, I don't know. Uh, what we do know is that the, the grant writer in this is the amazing Mark Flower, who comes up from Pennsylvania, in his words, to save New York from itself. And it, he does a fantastic job. He has pulled in, I think, about $11 million plus for the town of Wawarsing's various water projects over the years. It's, it's just amazing how good at it he is. With any luck, that will be a big help for the village of Allenville, which has problems with a large, extensive 55 miles of water pipes 
laid at various eras and times and married up in different ways that are always breaking and always. That's the perennial problem for any water system in this region is that the ground freezes to various depths. And then when that happens, if you've got clay pipes married up to steel pipes, married up to some other kind of pipes, uh, anything can happen. And, and it does. And the other thing that Ellenville has a real problem with is its wastewater treatment plant, which is only 11 years old now, whatever. It has a lot of problems. And the reason for that is like any wastewater treatment plant, it's going 24-7, 364. It doesn't ever stop. It can't. That means the equipment wears out and the equipment is all, it's not like you go out and you just buy one of these blowers or pumps or whatever, right? You have to get it from the manufacturer. It's all heavily protected that way and it's all very expensive it, the village developer needs help with that so that's in the works they hope to hear something on that in the spring meanwhile the village is also using the 220 grand grant from ulster county towards the refurbishment of Broom road park and there's nice new brightly colored playground equipment gone in with with mulch which is now called by the way engineered fiber yes all right, so the engineered fiber has been laid and the new equipment's in there. And next spring and summer, the kiddies will be able to romp all over that stuff. And it should be a serious upgrade for them. Well, Chris, thank you so much for that. Moving right along. Well, it was Chris Rowley from the Schwanko Journal. Moving right along. I got to meet, I got to meet Scout last month. Uh, he's the therapist dog for the Center for Discovery. Here's my report now. The Assisted Intervention and Education Program, AAIE, at the Center for Discovery, has entered into a partnership with the Catskill Animal Rescue to enhance its animal-assisted therapy initiative. This collaboration aims to provide rescued puppies and dogs to the program, benefiting individuals at the center dealing with complex conditions, including autism. Animal-assisted therapy is a well-established practice within the industry, known for developing social communication skills and emotional management and fostering independence. Activities such as horseback riding offered at the center shows the diverse therapeutic approaches that the center does. Scout, a Beagle Russell Terrier, having been rescued through the partnership with the Catskill Animal Rescue, is on the verge of graduating to an advanced therapy dog row. I had a chance to sit down with Sarah Merrick, an occupational therapist at the center, and we delved into the details of the program. Also joining us was Courtney Gold, the Director of Marketing at the Center for Discovery. And of course, I had to meet Scout for myself. So in 2020, we brought in a group of puppies to the center that we decided to train on site for our program. So as we were going through their training, we realized that one of the opportunities that we didn't have a lot for training was working around other dogs, especially dogs that with different appearances and different breeds and different personalities and whatnot, and really being able to focus on their handler when they encountered different dogs, so out in the community and whatnot. So we actually partnered with one of the local trainers, Steve, and then he put us in connection with CARE. So we reached out and they've been great about letting us come on site with our dogs to really work on handler focus and distractions and whatnot. What kind of training have you been doing with the teams to handle the new dogs and, and, uh, and distractions? When we first started going, it was mostly handler handler focus and attention, really looking for them to be paying attention to us as a handler, as opposed to everything happening around us and the distractions of the other dogs. And once they were showing consistency with that, we started adding in cues. We asked them to do some basics like sits and downs and whatnot. And then as they progressed in training, we would ask for more complex cues from them. 
in a distracting environment. So you really layer on the training, do start easy and then build from there. It's been nice to have that environment that we can repeatedly go to to have that opportunity to. And build out of it. Yeah. And the nice thing about the shelter too is that it's never the same dogs because they have such movement of animals in and out that there's always a new opportunity there every time we go. Yeah. Yeah. And one question has Mel to jump around a little bit here. What was the reason why you're using rescue dogs? The first group of dogs we started with actually weren't rescues. We went through a breeder and they came in as puppies. They were, I think, eight weeks old when they arrived here. They were little guys. And the idea was that we wanted to start training dogs on site because the first dog that we brought into the program, Leland, was trained by canine companions. So he came in at two and a half years old. But we really saw the opportunities that training on site would provide for the population here. And it's fun for the kids and the adults to watch the dogs grow on site. But it's also great for the dogs because they're growing up in this environment and it really feels like home to them. So some things which would be atypical to a dog that didn't grow up at the center for these guys is normal and what they're used to. So from there, we started with the puppies for the first group. But one of the pieces that we ran into is with puppies, it's very hard to predict what their adult personality is going to be. And for this type of work, we need a very specific personality in the dog. So that's where we started considering, hey, maybe we could go the rescue route, especially since we already have this nice relationship with care that we're able to really see a wide variety of dogs and pick and choose. Hey, like this is a really nice personality and can meet the needs of our program. Scout is two years old, which by two years old, most personality for dogs are pretty set at that point it's not developing like you get with the puppies because puppies go through different developmental stages if they have a, a poor experience during a certain developmental stage they might develop a fear going forward but usually with an adult dog you can more consistently see their personality again with a rescue you don't always know the background and everything it's been a little bit of a process to make sure that he's so you basically you expose the dog to a wide range of environments and like anything that you can think of that might be something that would be fear, create fear for them or something like that and see how they respond. So bringing in a rescue, we brought him in on the principle of we're going to try this dog. We don't know if he's going to be the great fit, but we test them out for the first few months and working with the rescue. It's nice because even if they don't fit for our program, they would go back to the rescue or a foster with a much higher level of skill set and more adoptable behaviors to then be adopted out into the community or whatever home they ended up going to. So it had to be abstract for here. It has to be very strict guidelines. To- yeah. So obviously he's got to be housebroken and like I'll have all the basic behaviors and like non-aggressive and whatnot. So it's nice to be able to say if he were to go back for adoption for, because he doesn't work out here for whatever reason, we can give a pretty detailed personality profile on him and say, he knows us and this, and he does great with kids and he does great with cats and type of thing. No, that's really important because I said, sometimes taking a rescue it could be a gamble sometimes. Yeah. So you don't know, as history, abuse they may have. Yeah. So we took him like when I, in the relationship with the shelter, I said to them, Hey, we're going to try this. He's going to come to us. But if by chance he doesn't work out for us, are you willing to then adopt him out through scout as a waning list of people? If he doesn't work in our program at this point, We've had so many people here fall in love with him that I don't think it would be hard to find him at home. The dogs really work a lot during clinical sessions here. So occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, psychology. So a lot of the behaviors and activities that we teach the dogs to do engage different goals that the individuals here have at the center. So a lot of the individuals here will take the dog for like walks to work on gait and like pacing and attention to task or they'll play games with the dogs to work on fine motor and full skill. Our individuals here also work on grooming with the dogs to develop vocational skills. So the dogs really, their biggest role, I would say, in clinical sessions is to increase motivation and participation. 
And that's really the biggest value in them. And we can encourage different skills to then be worked on or focused on through the activities that they do. What is a typical day at the Scout? So a typical day for Scout, I'm his handler, so he works with me during the day. So all of his sessions I'm present at. But my role in the program is I co-treat with the clinicians that don't have their own dog. So like a PT could call me and be like, hey, I have this student that's like working on gait and I'm trying to get them to walk a little bit faster. Can you bring Scout? So I'll bring Scout and he's always connected to me via leash, but I have a secondary leash that will give to the student or the adult or whoever's involved in the session. And I can set my pace and Scout will match my pace and in turn the student would then match his pace. So we can either slow them down or speed them up or we could go over obstacles if they're working on uneven train, like we'll go off paths and that type of thing. So like really it's... The clinician reaches out to me, lets me know the specific skill that they're trying to work on. And then it's my job to then say, okay, I can bring Scout and we can do this, which would work on that skill. Our dogs, the most sessions that they can do in a day is six 30-minute sessions. So that's their max for the day. So it really depends on the clinicians that reach out and what our schedule looks like for the day. And if I have anything else going on because I oversee the five dogs in the program right now. And, and the five dogs in the program, are, are they dead from breeders or from rescues or is it mixed? So Leland was the original. He's the one that came from Canine Companions. He's actually getting ready to retire this year in June because he'll be turning 10 next summer. And then we have the three puppies that came in 2020, which are still working in the program. So they were from a breeder. And then Scout is our first rescue, actually. So he came to us in June. What makes Scout a sort of good fit for the AAI program, considering that he was a stray and spent some time at care? And how does his friendly and smart personality help them in the program? So the biggest trait that I looked for when I was screening dogs at care and really working with all the different dogs to identify one that fits our needs is their sociability and their person focus. Clearly for the role that he does in the program here, like we need a dog that's going to be interactive and like engaging for the individuals here. I really want that relationship, which he is great about that. And he loves doing that. Um, the next piece is that I really looked for is his toy or food drive to allow me a tool to encourage him with the training and whatnot and be able to reward him quickly on the spot. So he's very food focused and motivated. So I carry a treat pouch and that's how he gets rewarded for the work that he does every day. We do all positive based training with the dogs. So we don't do corrective tools and whatnot. And then his energy is great. A lot of people really questioned me when I said a Beagle Jack Russell was coming into the program because those are two very high energy dogs. But for a dog to have the stamina to be moving and working all day, it's really important because most dogs, if you think of a dog at home all day, they're usually taking a nap. These guys are really moving and keeping engaged for most of the day. So the higher energy is actually an asset, but also he's able to settle down nicely too. So he's got that balance to him. And then another criteria that I was really looking for was a an adult dog, but a younger adult dog, because I didn't want to put a ton of training into an older dog that was only going to have a year or two in the program. He should have good longevity in the program and be with us for a number of years. Well, why is it important for the Center of Discovery to have its program to include dogs at scale from shelters? I don't know if you asked yes to that a little bit in the beginning, but if you want to go into more depth, why is it important for this program to exist? So our animal-assisted programs in general, there's been a ton of research in recent years showing that there's increased engagement and motivation for individuals during therapy sessions when there's animals present. And autism in particular, that's true because they find that the relationship, the social relationship with an animal is much different than the social relationship with another human being. And in general, it's found to be less threatening in a sense because they're not demanding eye contact and you don't have to have the verbal exchange and whatnot. So animals in general just tend to be very accepting and welcoming to relationships. 
And that goes back to why we needed a very social dog for this role, because you need a dog that's accepting of everyone and everything, pretty much. Another, the reason that we're, so another reason that we shifted towards the rescues is just the idea of not to underestimate anyone. Anyone can do anything. And I think that's a cool thing to look at through the the rescues. It's like, most people wouldn't think like a rescue dog is going to come in and do this intensive working role and like some of the challenges that these dogs need to meet every day. And so a lot of the service animals that you see are started as puppies, but honestly with the right training and like the right environment and whatnot, a lot of rescue dogs also can fit that role too. I think it's the center for discovery has been a unique role also to encourage our audience in general that like adopting an animal is a good route to go to and just the potential of these dogs and that they really can be amazing at what they do. Any breed says, no, we're not taking that breed or... Unfortunately, there's a social stigma to certain breeds. Like some of the pit bulls, unfortunately, come across with a bad stigma to them. But there are a lot of great dogs that I've encountered that are like some of the more of the bully breeds and like the Rottweilers and whatnot. Different breeds definitely have different temperament profiles. So like you want the more social dogs. So a lot of people think of the Labs and the Goldens, which are like the go-to in the industry. So like I said, like, a lot of people were hesitant when I said to Jack Russell Beagle, but I'm like, no, like, I've met this dog. I've spent time with him. Like, just trust me on this one Aww. type of thing. So it really depends on what you're asking the animal to be doing and being aware of what their personality and their breed characteristics are and utilizing that in a positive way for the dog. And as far as you, like, you every day working with the dogs and so often work with the folks that the center work with, how is it for you? Is how is it? Basically, I'm asking you how. Is this fulfilling for you as far as... I love doing what I do. I, When I was young, I grew up in 4-H and I've always had animals around and they've always carried a, a huge role in my life. And I've always been one, I like to be a helper. So I've always been in helping professions before the center. I worked as a paramedic and then I became an occupational therapist and I've always wanted to be in that helping role. So being able to combine the two and really share my passion for both with individuals is an amazing opportunity. Now, is is a program look to expand in any capacity? Yeah, we're hoping to continue to grow. Like I said, Scout is our first rescue, but the eventually the puppies will go into retirement and we're going to have to bring new dogs in. I went through a program to become a certified professional dog trainer, so I oversee the training for the dogs. Scout is going to stay with me. He might start working with a secondary handler also at some point once he's fully trained. But then future dogs will come through me. I'll do the training and then place them out with the handlers. So our other dogs right now are placed with one of our adaptive physical education instructors, one of our occupational therapists, part-time with one of our physical therapists, and then with one of our department of our psych- psychology department members. So uh, Scott's two years old, right? Scott's two. So yes. how, long is, how long is the training program? So for the puppies that came in, it was about two years. Scout is nice because we have a jump start because he came in pretty much potty trained and had some of the basics. It's a very different process for a rescue because it's not just teaching new behaviors, it's unteaching unwanted behaviors also. So like Scout was a stray, so he was free to snip as much as he wanted and take off on his own. So like we've really been focusing on that handler focus piece and like the recalls for him and especially being a beagle. If the model knows it's really important to develop those skills. So it's really individualized to the dog. So Scout underwent a temperament screening. We have a behaviorist consultant that comes in for all the dogs to make sure that the program's safe and the dogs are appropriate and whatnot. And he's actually been starting to do sessions and he's doing amazing already. So he's still in training, but he's already starting to work. So it's a fluid process. 
the dogs. And the dogs are working up to, let's say, 10 years old. So it really depends on the dog and when they start to slow down their personality and energy, I anticipate, given his breeds and his energy level, that he might be a little bit older when he'd retired. So it really depends on the individual dog. And a lot of it is my role is monitoring each of the dogs and knowing their own personality and making sure that they're still enjoying what they're doing and like this is a good fit. What happens to the dogs after they retire? So they'll be offered to their handler as a pet, essentially. Leland's getting ready to retire. Leland's my with me as a handler, and I'm guessing he'll just be an office dog and still come to work and hang out, because the other piece that you don't really think about is that these dogs aren't used to being left home alone all day. They're used to being in social environments, and I don't know that he'd be happy being left home alone until probably... Yes, exactly. When folks retire, they have that strange change of environment and right how the stick on pursue save the dog yeah working every day it's like, yeah so as long as he's still happy coming here i'll probably bring him let him hang out at the bar in the office <laughs> what kind of dog is he? he's a golden retriever lab oh, awesome golden retriever lab he's from canine companions so he's actually the only dog that the center doesn't own the center owns the rest of the animal the, the rest of the dogs here leland's owned by canine companions so when he retires he'll become my pet he'll sign him over to me yeah, how long has the program been in in an operation? So Leland joined us in November of 2016. He was our first facility dog. The puppies arrived in July of 2020, and Scout came in June of this year. Oh, so this is fairly new program. It is. Yeah. And I'm sure there's programs like this across the country and other organizations. There's different programs. The... Training on site is something that I haven't found a ton of programs that are similar in that regard. A lot of places will reach out to like canine companions and receive dogs through them. So this is an innovative program in the fact that we're training our own dogs on site. Um, and as you mentioned, it's a newer program. So we're learning as we go and figuring out what works best for our needs. So that's been the exploration of are we bringing in a dog that's fully trained or does it work to best to bring in puppies or should we be going the rescue route so we're exploring all the options to really see what works the best for us and our needs do you have envision this is this is a new here for this program i mean it's not new but also new across the country i know in the past some discovery has been like saying okay we're developing here for other people other organizations other uh-huh. things do you see that also happen for this program that this could be a model for other organizations i think it could definitely be a resource for other locations that want to develop a similar program like i said we've already done a lot of problem solving ourselves to be able to share that knowledge and say hey this is what we ran into when we tried this scenario and what works best here and the nice thing about the center is you're able to evolve within programs there's a ton of support so you can really and there's a lot of trust in the leaders of programs, even in myself, for me to be able to say, hey, we did the puppies and it's great, they're working, but how about we try the rescues next time? So just the support that we received and being able to do some of those things and explore different avenues. Animal-assisted interventions in general is a hugely growing field right now, therapeutically especially. So I think that there's going to be a demand for it. So I definitely think that this could be a potential resource. Is there anything else I haven't covered? Do you want folks to know about the program or anything else I haven't mentioned? The only other thing I can think of that I really had written about was just the relationship to care and since the puppies have completed their training they still go there regularly with the intention of getting my hands on more dogs and like learning and working with different breeds and different temperaments and whatnot but also in turn helping them 
as far as identifying problem solving or training different dogs to really develop skills that increase their adaptability when I'm there. It's a nice dual relationship yeah, that I'm able to help and they're able to help us. It's a great local partnership. And it's nice for me that I get to work with so many different dogs because prior to identifying Scout as a candidate, I probably worked with, I would say, at least 200 dogs there, took them out for periods of time, like to really be able to even for my own professional development and like my experience as a trainer to be able to s- see all those different dogs and really identify, okay, that's something that I want in a dog or a program type of thing. So I, I'm just curious to see what is your philosophy in as a trainer, as an, as a dog trainer, as an animal trainer? My biggest philosophy, I guess you could say, is that I want the animal to be enjoying what they're doing. So I don't ever want to force a dog into a role that I don't feel like they're enjoying where they are or what they're doing. And that's, a lot of what I do in the program is like monitoring the animals because, like I said, as they age, like their personality can change and something that they enjoyed before is no longer enjoyable. So just making sure that we are honoring the animal for who they are and taking their personality and really working it into the job that they do and allowing them to express themselves as individual animals. <laughs> so as much as we honor the, honor the individuals here, through like the students and the, end of the adults and whatnot. Like it's just as important that we honor the animals and the relationship too. Yeah. And like I said, we focus all on positive. So we're rewarding the behavior that we don't and typically ignoring to minimize the behavior, like any unwanted behaviors. They're learning to work for, they get a reward for when they make the correct choice. Work plus treats. <laughs> treats, toys, playtime, belly scratches, all the good stuff. <laughs> So he said this guy's almost done with his training, right? Yeah, he's pretty advanced. And honestly, bringing a rescue in, I didn't know what the time frame was going to be. And I did not expect him to be as ready as he is at this point. He went, he just came in June. So he's only been with us, what, five months. So that's pretty phenomenal that he's at where he's at. I can take a little credit for the training, but mostly I would say the credit's on him just for his personality and who he is as a dog. And that 